Good Saturday morning. Welcome to April the 1st, 2023. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air this morning on Saturday. We appreciate everybody tuning in and we look forward to, uh, as usual, a wonderful Socratic conversation with uh, Yah. And um, we will be back with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Welcome in everyone to Hidden Treasures Revealed on this windy, kind of rainy Saturday morning. And I've got a special time here this morning. I'm here with Phil's daughter, Victoria, who goes by Tori. And she is uh, sitting in this morning. Um, Phil um, and his wife, Cindy, are out of town right now. And my brother, Josh, was here uh, with us on Tuesday. So Tori is here to bring the truth of mother um, as well as me. And so, Tori, welcome you to Hidden Treasures Revealed this morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. Thank you. Good to have you here. And uh, actually, this is uh, by mother's doing that she had said that actually was brought up, would you like to be on the podcast? And you said, yes. So, and then mother said, well, Tori, you get to be the one to bring the, what I refer to as the starting point, setting the tone for the uh, podcast this morning. So I'm just going to give you the floor uh, since this was something that came to you and then I'll, you know, speak as appropriate, but cause I know this is something that's really important to you that you really latched onto, not that there weren't teachings that you didn't latch on to, but this is one that really, and I have as well, like ones that really speak to you. And so I will give the floor over to you and you can just, you know, speak how would you want to speak? So this week, um, after you had told me that I was the one bringing out the starting point, I kind of just was, I was thinking about doing some research. I was like, well, maybe I should have like some plan written out, but essentially I just came to the point that like, I was like, nothing's really coming to mind to research. Um, so I just thought about some lessons we've learned about in the past. And the one that has really stuck out to me, like you said, is, um, what I like to call the golden rule. Um, so I'm just going to refer to a scripture in Matthew really quick to give us that um, where we get this from. Um, Matthew 7, 3, um, and this is Yahushua talking. Um, it says, Why do you look at the speck of the sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the blank in your own eye? Um, and that scripture referring to the idea that uh, if you see something in somebody else, um, you should really look at yourself. And when we first started thinking about this, I was like, well, there has to be some exceptions to the rule. Um, but over time, I've just really found that there's really no exception to the rule. And you can look for yourself, 
look at yourself in almost any capacity um if you're upset frustrated mad um and i even think you could look at it when you're happy too um but i like to call this the golden rule because it's such a, an important part i think about what we do and like avoiding hypocrisy is looking at yourself and finding where you can improve um versus trying to like pick out everybody else's flaws well yeah this is and when we were talking about this you and i texted each other yesterday and you said well you know have you all you know talked about the golden rule and i was kind of racking my brain a little bit and i thought well we haven't really brought it out from the aspect of calling it the golden rule, but we have um, talked about it. And I found it interesting that it was about uh, almost a year ago it was back in June of last year. Cause I was scrolling through the previous podcast and it, there was a title of one that said, why is everybody pointing fingers and it, talking about hypocrisy? And what came to mind was with this is with what mother does and Yeshua and Abba as well, um, as as um as y'all that what they do is ever expanding and growing that it's a and we refer to this as a circular mindset not a linear so everything that they do is going to increase and grow so it's been almost a year so it's very you know appropriate that about a year later that this is coming around and I've found that with the gathering time with y'all that they bring things around so that it's not that we're not getting it. It's that, do you realize you don't realize how deep this goes? So we're going to bring it up again and then we'll revisit it again. And even Peter in his writing said, you know, I know that you know these things, but I remind you of these things again because you know them so that it'll be fresh in your mind so that you can keep applying it. And I actually didn't even think about it from the happy perspective. Um, I was really, my mind went to more of, you know, you think, well, you get frustrated at somebody, you get aggravated, but I didn't think about it from the happiness because out of my own words this morning, why is everybody else off of work? Why can't I get a day off? Well, wait a minute. I'm, what am I seeing? I'm seeing people off and I've been there before and, you know, be careful. Do you really covet that? Or is it, you know, what's the reason that you want off? Are you looking to get away from something? I may need actually just a day to rest and be no issue, but what, why the frustration with other people instead of, all right, well, if you need a day off, just take a day. What does it matter? And this is what I call, and I think that the golden rule is a great way to put it. Cause if you think about it in the world, what does the world do with the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, if you see it in somebody else, and it's bothering you, then you are doing that exact thing. <laughs> Just like, but the, the thing is, is that Messiah said that you don't realize what's in your eye. It's not that you're, you know, you're, you look at somebody else and you see something and you don't realize that you're doing it. And that's the thing. You don't realize you're doing it. So now I'm bringing it to your attention that what you're seeing in somebody else is just a small portion of what's in their lower conscience, you know, cause you, in, in the wording that you had, like the sawdust or the speck, like a little, you know, piece of dust, like you think it's such a huge issue, but you're just seeing a small speck of what's referred to as that log, which is that tree that's just so huge. And you think that 
they have the problem, but you're actually the one that has the bigger problem. So the problem that they have, even that you don't see goes deeper than what you're seeing. And, and that's what Messiah is saying is that you, you point the finger at somebody else thinking that you're righteous and they're not, but you don't realize that you're doing the same things that they're doing. You just don't see them. So first take a look at yourself. Then you have the authority to then go to somebody else because if you can go to somebody without frustration and aggravation, well, that tells you that you have understanding of, you may not see everything that's in their eye, but you can have understanding and say, wow, I can see that. And I've got a bigger issue than you. So why am I bringing this to your attention? Now I'm not saying that, and we're not saying that you don't bring it to somebody's attention, but it's just the fact of it's the recognition of this. And I can just give an example of this week, and I knew I would be able to find one um, from this week because we were talking about it today. Um, So the example that I'm about to give is a straightforward example of like you can clearly see it. And then I'll give another example where sometimes you got to think outside of the box to find the log in your eye. So my first example is, um, as mentioned earlier, My mom and dad are on vacation, so I'm kind of at the house with my other two older brothers, um, which is just a fun time. Um, And I just wanted to make sure that the house stayed clean. And so when my mom comes home, it looks nice for when she um, comes back so she doesn't have to worry about that. This weekend, she can just kind of come home, unpack, get ready to go. So I've been making sure the kitchen and the dining room and the living room stay um, fairly clean throughout the week. So I don't have to work super hard on um, last night or today um, when they're coming back. And my oldest brother, um, I would clean the kitchen, get it all like no dishes in the sink, counters cleaned off, wiped off, um, tables cleaned off, wiped off. Uh, and then I go out and do something and I come back um, and he's made a frozen pizza, the boxes on the counter, the crumbs from the pizza are on the counter, the plates on the table, the cups on the table, there's more dishes in the sink, there's ranch like out on the counter. So, and I would get frustrated because I was like, I just cleaned this. Didn't he see the clean kitchen? And he just decided to leave this stuff out. Um, and I didn't think about it until last night when I was, um, when I had sent you that text, I was like, hmm, like, I'm sure I have an example this week. And I had thought about that situation where I got frustrated and immediately started thinking about all the times that my mom has made the kitchen nice or the living room nice or the table nice. And I've come in and I have left my shoes on the ground or I've like set my book bag on the chair and just left it or I've eaten and I've just like left the box on the counter. Um, so I was immediately brought to like you have no no room to be frustrated with him because that like you do the exact same thing um so and then the other example i think talking about kind of like thinking out of the box because i think some people can be very like set on like well i don't do that like they can really convince themselves and as i mentioned earlier like We've got, I think I've grown to a point where, like, there's no exception to the rule. So, one thing that, like, I've had to think outside the box on is, like, 
the education system and my frustrations with that as like a future teacher and how I think that they should run things and how I think the government and administration and parents take advantage of teachers. Um, And my out of box thinking, like at first I'm like, well, I'm not the government. So like, and I'm not taking advantage of schools. And as a parent, I wouldn't do that to my teacher or whatever. Um, but then I think you can think about it as in like, or I can think about it in this way. Like, I think that these people are taking advantage of what I, of the work I'm doing. So where have I taken advantage of what Yaw's doing and what Yaw's work is? So if you really like, sometimes you have to pull outside of the box, um, to get something and like I got that concept um a long very long time ago when we started working uh, thinking about this and we were meeting at your house um and it was brought up like somebody was frustrated with somebody who was smoking and they were like well I don't smoke and then it was like we like had to have that conversation because it was like well she doesn't smoke so like why why is she like like how does this rule apply and it applied because there's like an addiction aspect like where are you putting bad things into your body that shouldn't be there um, that are harming you in the future. And like, for me, I can definitely say that like, where have I eaten the piece of candy or the, the pieces of pizza or the unhealthy or like addictive, like sugar, um, which we've talked about before is like how sugar is so addicting, but it's not looked at as like um, other drugs, but it's still just as addicting and like you can have withdrawals from it. So like, there's still that like (laughs) you have those issues as well that's an excellent point and that uh what you just brought up was actually with my wife that and what y'all brought to attention was is you think about not only are you smoking but think about the secondhand smoke so you do something and just think about yourself being a cigarette you're puffing away and your exhaust or your smoke is going out the way that you act and that smoke hits somebody else and it's that secondhand smoke that you don't realize that, well, you know, I don't smoke and well, you do smoke, you, you just don't recognize it. But then think about the, your clothes smell like smoke. And so think about that from the world that the way that you live, how does that, is it a sweet smelling aroma to other people? Like it said that Messiah in his life is a sweet smelling aroma or is it the stench of death? And you talk about the corruption, how much is the stench of death around affecting Yah that people don't repent and turn to them. And then it's that that death smell as opposed to the aroma of life. And it, it's so true because I had this picture go through my mind as you were speaking is that the way that Yah has made us is that each person, like I'm looking at you right now, you're a mirror. And you look in a mirror, you know, a mirror is meant to reflect what you're looking into. So it's meant to show you exactly what the picture is. So when we see other people, we look at it as, well, that's those, you ever heard this in the news? Well, they want us to do this, those people. And I even catch myself when I even out of my mouth say, when I say those, what that is, is that's me pointing the finger at those. And then it's like, well, if it's those, then it's these as I'm pointing back at myself as like me being the these and what's interesting about this is I agree with what you're saying that you think that well I don't do that 
But what it takes is you have to self-evaluate and say, okay, I may not see where I'm doing this, but I'm doing it because there's no reason to be frustrated or aggravated at, at this unless it's showing me that I'm doing it and there's something that needs to be worked on. And not only are there times when you see it and you'll get frustrated and aggravated, but you'll see it and, okay, I see that. Well, you know, I'm not going to do that. So this isn't just a, you get frustrated and that shows you that you're doing it. It could be that you see it. And that's the thing. We see things in other people, but if you're, if you've set it in your mind that you're going to change this and you start working on it, then you'll see it more and you'll be able to have understanding of, wow, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So Yeshua, when he mentioned this, he's not saying, all right, everybody else, this is what you do. He's doing that because he's looking at them and he's saying, you don't understand. You're, you're pointing the finger at the Samaritans and you're pointing the finger at me. And, but you don't realize that all that programming, everything that's in your eye, that you don't realize what you're doing, that you just need to recognize. And he was talking to the people that were around him that the, you know, that were accusing him and saying that what he was doing wasn't right. And, you know, as his disciples, be careful because what will happen is if you don't evaluate yourself before looking at somebody else, you're being self-righteous because you think you're right. Well, I'm right and you're wrong. And that's why you're pointing the finger. But if you start to get frustrated and aggravated, you're being self-righteous. Well, we're called not to be self-righteous, but to walk in righteousness as Messiah did. So if we get frustrated at somebody and we point the finger because they're wrong, okay, where am I wrong? Because really, if you think about it, we don't have any problem pointing the finger at somebody else, but we don't want somebody pointing the finger back at us. You know, I'm okay to point the finger at you and you get your punishment, but don't talk to me about my punishment, you know, because you're, you know, you're wrong. And this just ties back so beautifully to all the other podcasts that we started out with brainwashing and mind control. Well, why do you point the finger at somebody else and not look at yourself because of brainwashing that you're told that if somebody else does something, they're wrong but you don't stop to look at yourself and say, well, I didn't realize that I'm wrong. Well, what authority do I have to tell anybody that they're wrong? And that's the thing. Yah isn't saying that you don't bring up something to somebody and say that what you're doing is wrong. And you had mentioned this, the hypocrisy. And we'll touch on this for a moment. Hypocrisy doesn't mean that you don't do things that somebody else does. It means that you're not looking at it from an aspect of, you're not evaluating yourself before pointing the finger. And from the Greek, the hypocrite means like hypocritas, which means you're a stage actor where you're acting, you know, you're putting on a mask and don't do that. Don't put on a mask and point the finger at somebody else. Find the log in your own eye first, which evaluate yourself before you point out and attempt to correct somebody else. Because really what you're doing is you're blind. And you can't even see to correct somebody else. I mean, Messiah even said this, that, you know, if two blind people are walking together, both fall in the pit. So make sure that you have somebody that can see so that both of you don't fall in the pit. And this is, I would say, and we've, you know, careful to say this, because I'm not going to say that what we get is the greatest teaching 
because there's other teachings we don't have yet, but this is one of the, I would say, pivotal or pinnacle teaches of Yah because it sets us apart from, and we've come from Christianity, so a lot of times we'll put Christianity under the microscope, but if it be Islam or Hinduism and all these things, and all of those religions have some truth in them, but Messiah in him is where the truth lies, the fullness of truth. So we can get bits and pieces, but this is saying that if you really want to be righteous and walk in the righteousness of God, you've got to look at it the way that Yah looks at other people because, um, and Tor, I'll bring this to your attention if you think about this. Let's turn the tables on this. Let's, let's look at it from how Yah looks at other people. Okay. So we know that Yah, that there is no darkness in them, that, that they are light. So there is no dysfunction in them. So what is in their eye, which is their discernment, you know, we talked about like that third eye, that what is in their lower conscience? Well, what is in their lower conscience is righteousness and truth. But we don't see them going out and rebuking people left and right and just telling people what they need to change. They don't do that. So where do we find this balance here of they're looking at us and bringing this teaching but they don't go out and just point the finger at people. Well, that's that gives us a, a note here of, okay, well, just because you can see it doesn't mean you just bring it to somebody's attention. So what they do is absolutely fair and just, but what Yeshua is saying is they do the same thing, that they consider and they see where people are, and they could look at a heart and say, you know what, this person has been homeless all their life, this person has been abused and I can see into their heart and see what's going to be the best thing for them. So why do I need to rush and just slam somebody? Now there are times where they will come with terror, but what it's teaching us is that if you want to be set apart and be holy, it's not about just running around telling people to get saved and you need to change. It's evaluate yourself first because people will see when you evaluate yourself first and that you're not, attempting to bash them and people will be more open to discuss their problems with you because you're not looking just to correct me and tell me I'm wrong. Like you really want to talk this out and help me. Well, how can I help you with anything if I don't even see the problem that I have that I'm not even fixing or I'm not even attempting to make a change that I can't help you, but we assume that we're helping somebody by telling them they're wrong. But if you can't even see the wrongness in your life, you cannot help anybody else. And that's what Yeshua is saying is that you think you're helping somebody? No, do apply it to yourself first so that you can really be a help and not be a hindrance to somebody. And something that came to mind as you were talking with um, how it's not saying that you can't bring something to somebody's attention. Um, I wear glasses and contacts. Um and so I go to the eye doctor and I trust an eye doctor who wears glasses more than I do somebody who doesn't because not that I don't trust them as much, but like I know that the person with glasses knows what like when they have to like touch your eye with like the thing to like check the pressure and like the eye drops, they sting a little bit um, and feeling just like when you have to like read the um, numbers and letters sometimes that can be intimidating for me but I know if somebody has glasses they understand what I'm like 
like they they've sat in that chair before likely so they know what's happening um so like when like bringing something to somebody's attention how much more weight does it carry when you've been through it and that's why Yosha walked the walk that we did like or what like he did it before us but he had a like fleshly body to like how much more weight does he have to carry teaching us because he walked in our shoes so like thinking about that when you're bringing that to somebody like bringing something to somebody else like your words are gonna go a whole lot farther and if you're really if your intent is truly to help them then it's important that you evaluate yourself work through it and then you can walk with them instead of against them which i think is a really cool concept um yeah and like a thought that i um another scripture that i thought of i don't exactly know where it is um but it's with um the woman and they were gonna stone her and um you know she said um whoever is something to the realm of like whoever's innocent you can cast the first stone and he started writing in the sand and we don't know what he wrote in the sand um but i imagine it was like pointing out the stuff that they did um and they like trickled off one by one um so that kind of thinking about that as we're like like they were gonna kill somebody but without like yayusha was like well you can you can cast a stone right after you look at whatever's here in front of you well just give you some insight on how um because i haven't it hasn't been just you and me on the podcast but um the way that mother will work on things is that was the exact story that actually came to mind and and how mother works is to give help on you know if you can't remember or that she gives us everything that we need so this is really really cool that exactly like you said that this is a beautiful example of exactly what he was saying that telling them ahead of time because you're bringing a woman that you're saying you caught in the very act of adultery like you could even like i don't know if they went to wherever she was staying and just her and 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 we said this before that you know that there was obviously be a man involved in it you know we don't hear about him but he's still same thing that you know i think well you know we'll show you know, Messiah, because the law says that if somebody commits adultery, they'll be put to death. So we'll prove that he's the son of God. So we'll bring her before him. And certainly if he's the son of God, then he'll say it a stoner because that's what Moses said, because they were confident in Moses. That's who they were. Their their belief was in Moses and the law. So just like think about it in the world, all right, we're going to go out and we're going to intervene. We're going to get this person. You watch and you, you watch it if he's really the son of God. So they bring her out and, you know, we have movies where there's drama like the, you know, they do they throw her in front of him or however they brought her, you know, that he's he's evaluating himself. You know, obviously he's evaluating his walk. Yeah. And they're there and, you know, hey, what should we do with her? And they did, did it because they really didn't necessarily want to know. They just wanted to, you know, prove that, you know, you're not the son. Yeah. And then, all right, like you said, he that is without sin casts the first stone. So he's putting it back on them. Okay, well, since you're righteous, what is a righteous way to deal with this person? Because that's truly your intent, correct? And then you could just look around like, well, without sin. Well, only God can't sin, so how? 
And I agree with you that what was he writing in the sand? We don't know. But if, if we're sitting here and like there's a carpet in front of us and I just go, do you remember when you were by yourself in the car and, oh my gosh, he knows about that. I'm, he is God. I'm not, nope, I'm, I'm done. And it's not only that they, they left, but it's Yeshua's response as well. That where are your accusers? You know, I didn't come here to condemn, but I tell you this, go and sin no more. And I can't remember if it's exactly that story or another one, but he told somebody else that, or something worse will happen to you. And if you think about this, think about what he was saying. Who is the one that has the authority to stone her? Was it Yah? It was Yah. Because the one that is without sin cast the first stone. But what did God do? He didn't stone her to death. Why? Because Yeshua was leaning on his mother and father for wisdom, and their desire is mercy and not sacrifice. So I desire mercy. I don't desire for you to be put to death. I desire for you to have life in the Son. So if you don't repent and you don't find the truth that you will be put to death, you will be put into hell, the abyss. But that's what I didn't come for. I came to save that which was lost. But he didn't coddle her and say, a oh, woman caught in adultery, it's okay. You just you just believe that I died on the cross and everything is fine. And no, where are your accusers? I'm not, you know that you're an adulterer by your own conduct. I don't need to tell you. So I'm not here just to blast you for your homosexuality, your adultery, your hatred, your murder. No, you know that because you're already condemned anyway. You know it. And But what I tell you is go and sin no more. And you would think, well, they're not capable of doing that, but they are capable of walking in repentance at that point because, no, I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to disobey God. I'm going to do what is right. And he was doing this exact thing is, okay, were you ever caught in adultery? And I'll go back to what you said. Where have you had adultery against God? Wow. So, and because you could say, well, I'm not married. I, I don't have a relationship. I haven't committed adultery. Yeah, but were you faithful to God or were you faithful to the enemy? Oh, so, all right, mouth shut. You know, to, but the thing is, is that Yah's bringing this out so that we can have a recognition of this and those that are listening and will listen. You really think about this, and, and we've had this before. Do an experiment. You know, you go out to work. Let's say you go out to work today or you go out this week and listen not only to yourself, but listen to people, somebody that you're around that'll say, you know, it's always something, or, you know, these people are just always, you know, the Democrats or Republicans or, you know, President Trump or President Biden, they're just wrong. And they're just, and listen to them and then watch their conduct after they say those things. Like they say, well, nobody listens, nobody cares. And then you'll hear them in a conversation and well, you're not really caring very much for that person by what you're saying. You just told them to, I don't care what you think, but you just did the same thing. And this came to mind as well that of you, tell me if you've heard this saying in the world, you can't see the forest for the trees. I've not. Okay. Meaning that, well, you can't see the big picture because you know, you've got all these trees in front of you. Okay. Well, think about that from the log and the spec. You can't see the log, okay, because you're focused on the speck. 
you can't see that. Oh my gosh. So I'm seeing just a portion of that person, but I'm not even looking at myself. Well, here's what Yah is saying to us and to everybody listening. If you want to be a help to somebody and you really want to do something that's right, leave the other person alone and focus on yourself. And when I say leave the person alone, that doesn't mean that you never speak. But you focus so much on yourself that you have no time for somebody else. That's when Yah will step in and say, hey, go over here and talk to this person because you could really help them. Because think about, and because you're studying, you know, being a teacher, what better way to teach somebody else and your students than you living the truth of God and being the light that shines, that you be the example of patience and you be the example of self-control to where you tell the people by your good conduct. You don't tell the people by, I'm a teacher and you do what I tell you to do. Now you will tell them look, these are the rules and that if you don't follow these rules, that there's going to be a consequence, but make sure that whatever rules you're telling them to follow, that you're following them and that you're consistent and whatever you're doing, do like y'all be consistent because the best example we can have is living it. And that's why Messiah said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, meaning that you live this gospel and you show what the truth is. That's what brings people to you because we don't have an account of Yeshua going around and going to people and knocking on doors and saying, well, you need to listen to the truth of God. You need to do this. You need to do that. They came to him. But why did they come to him? Because he spoke with authority. He spoke the truth and they saw that what he was doing lined up with what he was saying that, wow, he really, what he says is true and he's living this and that's what I want to follow. And unfortunately we attempt to do the best good for somebody. And we don't realize that ultimately it's not the best. And, and that's why that this, this isn't speaking to people that don't want to know the truth of God. This is speaking to people that really are seeking with all their heart, because if you really want to be godly, then you need to stop pointing the finger and bringing out everybody else's faults and start looking at yourself. And I was just thinking about like, um, my relationship i'm engaged um to be married and uh this the golden rule as we've been talking about has truly just been like an integral part of like peace between him and i we just like i i often use it um he uses it probably less as um less often than i do just because he's not within it but i like I pull myself back when I'm getting frustrated. Sometimes it's really, really hard. Like you really got to talk yourself like back from being so frustrated. But when I'm able to do that, we can have like a civil conversation and me doing that. He doesn't go to our church, but me doing that has like helped. Like he's done it as well, which I really appreciate. Like we, we've begun to like work cohesively because of, this it's such a helpful thing because um something that we've talked about and i think this is a scripture as well it says that um those who are exalted exalted will be humbled and those who are humbled will be exalted and people think that like it's like um 
where the people who are humble go way up and the people who are exalted go way down. But in reality, it just brings to like a level playing field and it becomes like we're all on the same, we're all on the same playing field. So, and doing, I feel like going through this golden rule is like humbling yourself and like being like, okay, like this is not like, like I'm not up here. I have no like right to be standing right here and like saying something about somebody else when I do the same exact thing. And it kind of just like brings you down to where you are like should be. Well, what a great example of, and I've seen this in the world is you'll have a, there's actually a church right down the road here um, going over to Josh and Anna Roos that it says open minds, open hearts, open doors. <clears throat> and the, the aspect of, you know, we're a welcoming group of people that we're open, you know, anybody's welcome. But you think about being open-minded, this is the way to be open-minded because open-minded doesn't mean that you agree with everything. It just means that, all right, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. Why? Because I've been there where you are. I've been there where you want to get your point across. And do I want somebody yelling and screaming and correcting me? Or do I want somebody to let me speak? You know, like we've had in our gathering, all right, here's the, the talking stick. You know, here, you want to say something here? All right, give you opportunity to speak. All right, you want to speak? You know, we go over here. Because why would somebody be willing to talk to you about something if they're thinking that all you're going to do is point out that they're wrong? You know, and you could look at it this way that like if in the world, like let's just say with Christianity, for example, well, we need to tell people that this is wrong or that's wrong. Well, what are people going to do? And I've heard this example before with the teaching I listened to that somebody's ready. They're waiting with boxing gloves on like they're ready to fight. But if you know that the person isn't coming to fight you, then you'll put your hands down because, oh, so you're not here to tell me I'm wrong. You know, like, and we've had this before. Let me tell you where I've done this wrong in the past. Oh, so the focus isn't on me. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll be willing to listen. And you, you're like, wow, this person is the exact same as me. You know, I, he gets where I'm coming from. You know, because I don't know if you've seen this. There's a, um, a new commercial. It says it's about Jesus. It says that, quote, he gets us is the, the term. Well, if you look at it from a truth perspective, he's walked this life in a, a body of flesh. So he understands what that is now, you know, to say he gets us meaning, well, he understands, well, he does understand, you know, this walk, but you're going to be surprised if you were to have a conversation with him to where he's going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. Well, you would think that he would say, well, what I'm doing is right. No, it, it's repent of this wickedness or, this is going to happen to you. And you're exactly right with the humility that people think it's simple to be humble before God, but to be humble before God, I got to be humble before you. Cause I had this picture going through my mind when you were speaking about um, you and your husband to be think about y'all being around and you want to be humble before me, then walk in humility 
to where if you're not even willing to put yourself below somebody else, how are you going to, because people think, well, yeah, I can be humble before God. I'll just fall before God. But your true humility shows, are you going to show that same humility to somebody else that is beating you and striking you? And you say, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Because think about it, like when he was being crucified, he said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. So he's putting this into practice of they don't, they're blind, they don't see. If they could see that they were killing the Son of God, they wouldn't be doing it. But they don't see it, they're blinded, they don't, Father, have mercy on them. But if he would have said, you know, stone them to death because they're putting the Son of God to death, they're sinning. But no, that's not my Father's plan. My Father's plan was for me to be the suffering servant, to walk in humility. And this is the example, and I'm going to do what, what my mother and father want. That's what I'm going to do. Because if you think about it, people don't know what they're doing. You know, Victoria, why did you do that? I don't know. And because we look at this as, well, yeah, they didn't realize that they're beating him to death or, or whatever, and they don't realize that. But think about it. If we were to leave here this morning and you just go let's just say you go to get coffee at Starbucks or something and, and somebody says something and you say, why did you do that? I don't know. And, and that's the thing. This isn't just like these big issues of, you know, you ran somebody off the road or you, but it just in everyday life, why are you watching this television program? You know, I really don't know. And, and that's the thing is evaluate what you do because we in faith in Yah should be knowing more and more why we do what we do. And that's why the lower conscience programming and getting stuff into your lower conscience is because that's where the muscle memory is. And that's why you do what you do. That's your being. And the goal of Yah and self-control is to make sure that your upper and lower conscience are working together, that you know what you're putting in and you know why you're putting it in and you can give an answer as to why. But if we can't give an answer as to why we're doing what we're doing, then there's there's that lower conscience, there's that forest in there that, okay, well, and this is something that's a lifelong thing, like with what me and uh, Tori are talking about with Mother, that this is a lifetime thing. I mean, you can have recognition of this, but this is something that's got to be practiced and practiced and practiced over and over because there are things that you do that are appropriate. Like not everything in your past is dysfunctional, but this is just saying that when you get the rises, when you get frustrated, really evaluate yourself, you know, take every thought captive and make it submissive to Messiah. That's what, what, what is being said here that take every thought captive, evaluate. What do I do with this? Do I respond? Do I say nothing? Do I, why am I getting frustrated? And, and that's the thing, because the more we do that and we get the dysfunctional things out of the lower conscience and we put in the functional, then we'll be able to continue to walk as Messiah did and continually, okay, this person's coming at me. What's the appropriate response? I'm not answering that question. Answer this question and I'll answer. You know, what's the Give to God what is God, gives to Caesar what is Caesar's. You know, you're you're just con continually just talking with Yah and and doing this. But anybody listening is if with what we do, yes, we talk about the gospel message, and the gospel message is is so important. But walking in the truth that if you really want to make a difference with people and with yourself, 
do what Michael Jackson said in his song, the man in the mirror, you know, today I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's going to feel real good. It's going to make a difference. I'm going to make it right. And, but make sure that you don't just say that, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a change, but you actually, you know, actually make the change. But, um, but yeah, this is a huge, this is a huge, you know, teaching one of the, the greater ones to, this is so huge to moving forward, understanding other people. Um, so just any thoughts that you would have on, on this as well? Well, I was just thinking like from the other perspective. So me being the perspective of somebody, um, being told somebody or somebody being told something, like if you were to tell me something, um, about me and my relationship with Zach, um, it's interesting. The person that I would go to likely is Anna Ruth because Anna Ruth <clears throat> was at the point of circumcision of the heart where Josh wasn't yet. They both are at this point, but there was a good period of time where Anna Ruth had circumcision of the heart and Josh didn't. Um, so I would go to her for advice. Um, I don't have circumcision of the heart yet, but I am going to church where Zach is not going to church. So it's a little bit of a different perspective, but I'm going to go to her for advice because she's walked the walk um, and she's going to be the person to give me the best advice. So if you're being told something like from the other perspective, being told something, um, I would challenge you to find somebody who is going to give you the best advice and somebody who's not going to ride your bandwagon. Um, us as the ladies, we have ladies church on Sunday evening and we talk about that a lot. Like sometimes we'll just ride each other's bandwagon. We'll like get on, we'll all go on the hayride down the, <laughs> down the road together. Um, when you really like, when you really should look for somebody who's going to give you the best advice for your improvement in the journey. Um, and it's challenging when being told somebody and if somebody's really telling you genuinely, not with anger, not with frustration, telling you something you have to work on, sometimes it can sting, but it's kind of like, don't shoot the messenger type thing. Go ahead and just evaluate it. Um, seek for advice from, uh, yeah, which is probably your best advice, but you can also seek, um, from people in the world that you think have your best interest at heart. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's just like, and we had talked about this kind of tongue in cheek that you go to the dentist and you meet the dentist for the first time and they smile. And it looks like one of those things from a horror movie where you've got the brown teeth and teeth are falling out. And, you know, he's sitting there taking, um, uh, rock candy, you know, it looks like real, uh, rocks, but it's candy and he's just crunching on it. And he's got the soda pop over there and, and, and you're like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, you know, this is the best thing for your teeth. You know, you can eat all the sugar you want. All you got to do is brush your teeth and everything is fine. And you're like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to you. Or you go to a, um, you know, physical therapist and they're walking around with crutches and they're, or they're on a wheelchair and you're like, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, I just, you know, I'm not taking care of my joints and stuff. So I'm just gonna, and you're like, I'm not going to you, but but what is the, you go to the doctor and you see the doctor, the man or woman is in like the nice white clothes and they talk very professional and well, Tori, you know what? Um, I know I've looked at this, um, 
you know, mark that you have on your skin. And you know what? I don't know what this is. I don't have any idea what I'm looking for. So I'm thinking I'll just give you some, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean you're going to give me some medicine? Yeah, I don't know what this is. I have no idea, but I'm, I'm thinking it's probably this drug. Um, they're thinking that this drug has really bad side effects. You know, you could have a heart attack, but I'm not really sure. So go ahead and take this. And you'd be like, excuse me, I'm not listening to you for anything. You know, and oh, yeah, all those people that died on my watch, that was just a fluke. And um, what? And it is, it's like the, the rabbit ears go up of, wait a minute. I'm not listening to this, but people do it all the time. And we've done it in the past that you just, you listen to what somebody says because it feels good to you. But do you really want to know the answer to this? Yes, I do. Do you really want to know? Well, if it's easy, well, you know what? If you want it easy, then I can't help you because Messiah's walk was not easy. The faith journey is not easy. And No, we're given a beautiful example of the walk of God or the, the walk of the, um, the example of how to walk, um, you know, you know, Messiah being from God, but the way to walk this faith. And that, that's something that you've got to face is that if you're going to walk in this journey, you must get away from being a hypocrite and bring this up again, because this is so important. Even when you have circumcision of the heart, you will do things that are not perfect. Okay. Things in the world that you'll do and you'll be, you'll disagree with it, but you'll do them. Okay. It's not the fact that you did it. It's the fact that what is your response after? And that's the thing with hypocrisy is, and that's why Messiah even said, um, this scripture came to mind in Revelation to one of the letters to the church. It was in Laodicea. And he said that you think that you are rich and you don't need a thing, but you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And that's the thing with this. This isn't that you're just walking around. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've got this log in my eye, but I don't care. It's no, you don't recognize this. And that's what this is for is it's for a recognition that before you point out anything or say anything or do anything, you are not a hypocrite if you are evaluating, you're making the effort to evaluate it and change it in yourself first. You cannot be a hypocrite if you do that. And that's the thing is that if, if you and I are going to correct somebody, if it's with frustration and aggravation, then we are not right in doing that in behavior. And even Yeshua himself, I had conversation with him because I was asking him about like at home, like when is the appropriate time to say something? You know, when, how do you know that it's like the right time to speak or it's the right time to say? And one of the things he told me was, if you're getting a rise, a frustration, if you're getting any kind of anger, it's not the right time. Now, there can be times where you get a rise, where it's a righteous anger, like this really needs to be said. But if you are, if you are getting a rise and, and through discernment, you know that you're getting frustrated, just let it go. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if whatever tour I was going to tell you was exactly what you needed to hear. No, because you're bringing it with frustration. If you're doing it back to the old Testament, if you're doing what is right, will you not be accepted? If you're doing what is right, there's no reason to be angry at the other person. Now you can have frustration at their sin and that, no, that why are you not seeing this? But 
that's a clue. So we should not be as believers in Messiah walking out on the street, yelling and screaming at people and holding up a sign that says, repent and you better turn to God or you're going to be condemned. Well, because you see that person with that sign, what are we learning from this this morning? Oh, I need to repent. So why am I holding up a sign to tell everybody else? Why don't I just repent and walk in that? And yeah, will help me and guide me to the person that needs it. But really what I'm doing is, is I'm holding up a sign that says, I need to repent. I need to change my behavior. That's what I'm saying. But you think you're saying, oh, everybody else needs to repent. And I'm not saying you don't, you would never go out and hold up a sign and say, repent, but you doggone better, like your dad would say, you better doggone make sure that you're walking in repentance because if not, you're a hypocrite. And that's one thing people will see a hypocrite and they will see it clearly because we know um, from Anna Ruth's brother that he even saw that, you know, he's watching. And I saw that because there was an instance where you all were at the, um, the lake house that you all used to, to go to that, I'm watching you all and I can see that you all are living this. And that's the thing people see when you're living it and people see when you're not living it. And, and that's the thing. That's why a lot of people, and it is still their own choice that people, it hinders people from coming to faith because of the behavior of the people that claim that faith. You know, why do people become atheists? You know, and I, I, this was on one of the recent podcasts is that this isn't an absolute blanket 100%. But from discernment that I've seen is that a lot of people that are atheist are because of listening to somebody that claimed they had the truth and the absolute opposite happened or telling people these things and they're not living them and you build resentment. And then you just come to a point where, well, then I don't want to believe that there's a God. There's that this can't be real, but God gets the blame instead of the people. And this right here, if, you know, and whomever's listening in on this, just really just think about this concept and you can set this in your mind that you're going to, you know, point the finger back at yourself and not others. But think about this from just in the world, like people get so angry at other people and, you know, I'm pointing it back at me too, but it takes the self-control to really stop yourself. Is this really what is best for this person? Is it really best for me to ram them with my car because they're not moving fast enough? Well, what if you were that person and you don't recognize that they have chest pain and they're just, they're looking for the hospital and they're, they're just not sure what to do. And they're, yeah, no, they're holding me up. And it's like, yeah, but you don't see it. And then you cause a wreck and then you have to live with that on your conscience for, instead of gosh, why did I do that? Why don't I just slow down? Like what really, what was the hurry, you know, in the situation? And I would just challenge anybody who's listening, um, as well as myself, uh, (laughs) because you can't exclude myself out of this, um, to like, look at whenever you start to get that rise, you know, ever like, like I was mentioning earlier, like me being upset with the education system in America, let's look at that let's like figure out where i do it and we have to do the out-of-box thinking and just a suggestion like if you have to do that out-of-box thinking break it down like you have to break it down of like what 
part is frustrating you and like i mentioned earlier is like taking advantage like they're taking advantage like parents will take advantage of the teachers government will take advantage of the teacher as admin will like take advantage of the teachers and that's like frustrating so like that's i broke it down to like taking advantage of somebody and then that way i could pull it back to myself so even those like radical frustrations like even if you're like there is no way there is no way that this could be this could be tied back to me like i do not do this find it you just gotta like dig deep and find it and out of box thinking is not everybody's thing i happen to it's like a challenge for me when i actually sit down and like okay where am i doing this because you have to sit there and be like okay yes i do this so where is it let me break it down so you have to kind of break it down into like the core of whatever it is it's the core and then figure out where you do it from there so i anybody who's listening i like and myself and hopefully sean as well will we're just on the lookout for like ways where frustration or anger or sadness anytime that arises that's like your cue that's like your that's like your telltale sign that's like oh it's time to do the golden rule um sometimes it's harder than others i can definitely like saying it it sounds easy to just say but i can say there's been a few times i've been like really frustrated with um zach my fiance and just sitting there like i don't want to like i just like like kind of thrown like a little like two-year-old tantrum like i don't want to do it like i don't want to do it like i know i have to but i don't i just don't want to do it and it'll take me like sometimes like a good like couple hours or like a day to like even if not longer to like figure it out so it's not like a quick process all the time and like you said this is something we've talked about for a very long time so um we've had just a lot of practice doing it so sometimes it can go faster but starting out it's not going to be that fast um and it's really hard to pull yourself back when you're like on that like roll of like frustration and anger it's really hard so taking a second like you said earlier like take every thought captive kind of like pause like you don't have to pause in like real life but just like pause in your head it's like okay frustrated let's break it down i'm gonna figure out what the core of this is and then i can apply it to my life and then I can almost guarantee that whatever situation that you're going through or whatever's happening, you're going to, it's going to be a lot easier to go through if you put yourself kind of in the cross arrows and you can move forward from there. Well, yeah, this is definitely a life-changing thing when applied. And it is, it's so true. It's a, to really be able to put this into practice and really see the uh, changes to stick. I mean, you've got to be, you know, pursuing this to get the fullness of faith because when you have mother in your heart, then you can start making, you know, more and more changes and they'll start to stick and they'll start to be your being. But this is something that you can even before that do in your mind, like a, a steadfast mind change. Like you can say, I am not going to point the finger at others anymore. I'm going to point the finger at myself first before anybody else. Now you'll still have struggle and you'll still do it. You'll still point the finger at others. But if you steadfast in your mind, do it like you can make uh, changes. And I was just saying about this, I've got the, the Bible open here. And um, just to read this here, because it says, you know, why let me see, and b- because before this, when we talked about this on a podcast is and people get all upset about this too, and says, 
do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Then he says, now what he's talking about is he's not saying that you don't judge others because you, you can't get away from judging. It's just saying that don't make judgments on somebody like to say, like you're going to hell or you're going to heaven or whatever, that that's not your place. But the way that you judge somebody will be judged back to you. So if you're pointing the finger at yourself and you're really evaluating it and you bring it out to somebody, then you're, you're judging appropriately. But if you don't do that, and that's why he's saying, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Like the way it mentions here is a plank. Like, so think of a, like a plank, like a really huge board. And he says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in yours, you hypocrite first take the plank out of your own eye, which this doesn't mean that you're going to remove everything from your lower conscience. It just means start removing the plank from yours. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then he says, do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to the pigs if they do they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces so what he's saying is you're not evaluating what you're saying first before you speak to somebody else so what happens you start telling truth to somebody that doesn't want it and they're gonna tear you know that's like throwing the pearls that don't give this to this person because do you see how they're coming at you know that I can see that they're not, they don't want to hear it. I'm not going to throw the pearls before them because they're going to trample them and tear me to pieces. So yeah, don't give what's sacred. And that's because I just thought about that. That's what he's doing. That's why you can't just take a verse here and there and just pick and choose. Cause what is he saying? You're judging other people, but you're not looking at yourself first. So therefore you're causing more problems for yourself then even need to be there because you want to correct everybody else. But here's the truth. Everybody listening, you can't fix somebody else. Oh yes, you can. No, you can't. I could say, Tori, y'all wants me to tell you that you need to evaluate this. Oh, it's fixed. Well, I'm not doing that. And I'm confident you wouldn't do that. You would say, well, yeah, I'm going to evaluate that. Okay. You put in the work. So the change that, uh, the change can be made, but here's the thing. And this will save those of you listening frustration and aggravation. You cannot change somebody else. All you can do is where appropriate, give information. That person has to apply that information and then change will take place. Cause I know for me and cause I've walked this, you get frustrated because somebody else isn't doing something that they should do. Well, how many things am I not doing that I should do? And should I not see, that's the thing that indignation, longing and alarm to see justice done at every point that's talked about is point the finger back and put it on your chest and say, indignation, longing and alarm to see justice done at every point and make sure that you're innocent in that matter. Doesn't mean that you're innocent, but we spent so much time in the past and just to let you know where we're coming from with the faith that we have in Yah, the true faith is that the true faith is not that we don't point the finger out at people, but we do not point the finger out at people without first evaluating ourselves first, because if we do that, 
and we are not walking as Messiah did, and we are not bringing the truth of God appropriately. And this is a continual process. And that's why when we speak about these things that we always are prepared to give a good answer, because why would you not be giving a good answer unless, why would you get frustrated at somebody asking a question unless you don't know the answer and on these different things. But this is an absolutely huge teaching and I'm glad that mother brought it to your attention because it cannot be applied enough to any and all circumstances. And think about how our world would be different if people would stop pointing the finger at other people and would point the finger at themselves, even if there was like a, you know, like if there's like a national day of prayer, a national day of pointing the finger at yourself, wouldn't that be a, a neat, <laughs> that could be something cool. But I mean, really think about that. Like if you just woke up and said, I'm not, if I start to get frustrated, I'm not going to say anything to anybody else before I evaluate myself and how many things could be avoided instead of, you know, why do fights and quarrels come from among you? Do they not come from your selfishness? You ask amiss because you're pointing the finger to other people. You're getting frustrated. So the part of the godly life and the godly living is this exact thing. You cannot be self-controlled if you don't know. Well, let me say this. The goal of self-control and walking in self-control is that your upper and lower conscience are in sync, meaning that you're able to control yourself because you know what you're doing. You understand like you get angry because Yah doesn't say you can't get angry, but it's got to be controlled. If I'm angry and I know why I'm angry, then I'm self-controlled. But we're not called to walk around without self-control because if you don't know what you're doing, then you may think you're controlling yourself. And self-control doesn't mean about like a, you're getting angry and then you have to stop yourself. It just means you make decisions and you do things because you know why you're doing them. And you control yourself. You don't care what anybody else does because I'm not letting them influence me. I'm doing what I need to do. So this is just part of a piece to the puzzle, but this is a, can be a huge help to those to, when you see hypocrisy around you, look for the hypocrisy in yourself before, you know, but if you don't know what a hypocrite is, then you just say the word and then you have no idea what, uh, what that means. Nothing. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's okay. No, I've had, had had times like that. And if you don't have anything, that's okay. I just was turning it over to you if you had any thoughts. But yeah, this, actually, I'll share this as your, if something comes to mind. So many times when we have conversations like this, and especially on the podcast, like we'll kind of go from here and there to different topics and things. And um, mother brought this to my attention. I was walking with Josh a few days ago. And he had said that, you know, he was getting information from, from mother and it was like, it was flowing, you know, kind of like a stream. And she had made it clear to him that, you know, don't stop the flow. And I had this concept of think about, let's just say like you turn on a garden hose or something, you have that nice flowing water. Well, if something comes to mind that for, to talk about, like if you're sitting here and you have a thought and you think, oh, well, that's something we could talk about. Let's, you know, where does it go from here? And because we've had this before, like you get a thought and you'll hang on to it. And then I miss all this other things that you're saying. And what came to mind was, it's like, think about you're on a raft going down a river and mother's right there with you beside you. And all of a sudden you get, oh, there's a scripture about uh, the woman caught in adultery. And what happens is instead of just put it over here to the side and it's right here with you, just keep going down the river. And when it's right, it'll come over and it'll, you'll do it. 
But what happens is you turn around and you try to grab that thought and, well, all right, so we got to go over here and no, just you're keep going. Cause you're getting, keep going with the flow. And what it was telling me was all of that is, is there like, no matter what comes to mind. So if something comes to mind to talk about, just put it aside because she'll bring it back again and just keep flowing. And what happens is cause if not, like you stop the flow and then, cause he said, well, I was going along and then all of a sudden, well, I couldn't remember what, where we were going. And I was like, yeah, because you try to control the flow instead of just, you know, or like with this, it, well, I don't, I don't have anything and I've been there and that's okay. Then you're not supposed to have anything right now. So just, just keep listening. And then all of a sudden that little, we'll say that little nugget will come to mind and then, all right, okay, now that's here. Talk about this. And then we'll put that here, but just keep moving. Cause I I've done this to where I get distracted because I was like, where's that scripture? And no, wait a minute. I just missed all this other info. And it's just a way to trust, you know, more. Cause as you come on the podcast more, there'll be times where you just sit there and nothing's really coming to mind. But then other times it's just like, am I ever going to stop talking here? I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's flowing and it's flowing. And, but, um, any and everything that mother gives us like this, it's so deep. I mean, well, how many times have we talked about this? Would you say in, in gatherings so much, <laughs> I can't even think of a number, but I mean, think about how it can bring people to, because when you seek with all your heart, it's a mindset that you're never going to stop doing it. You know, it's a circular mindset. You just keep on. And the point of it is that you never stop where well, you start the journey and we're, we're going in a circle or we're going in an ever expanding journey. So now if mother is bringing this to our attention, like once a week, like, and it's just every week, it's like, Hey, you're not getting it. So it's not, this isn't where, well, nobody understands. You have no understanding of this. It's just a, a good reminder because you can save yourself frustration and wasting your time on somebody because you think that if you fix them, then things will be better for you. But ultimately the way things can be better for you is for you just to walk in truth. And Yah knows what the other person is doing. Yah knows what the other person needs. And how about this? Maybe Yah needs you to be the example so that somebody will have something to follow, you know, to where we, and really what ultimately what happens is, is we want other people to change. So it makes it easier for us. I mean, if we're really being honest here, but if you really think about it, you know, like, if, and you've seen this, like you drive around and there'll be people asking for money, what those signs and stuff does this really help them by me giving them money? Like you ever think about, or, oh man, they're sitting there and they're cold, but yeah, but are they sitting there cold or hot because of their own choice? And again, that's why you, and not like, well, they're just sitting there cause they just know, but their own choice has got them there and their own choices can get them out. And I'm not saying you don't assist somebody like if somebody needs help, you know, mother may say, give them some money or give them, you know, I'm not taking that away at all. It's a case by case, but before faith in God, are you not homeless? I mean, and that's the depth of this is that, well, no, I have. So if I don't find faith in God, I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to be in the kingdom of God. So quit pointing the finger at somebody that's homeless thinking that, that they're, cause you're, you know, have mercy on that person. What if they just had something happen? 
in their life and they lost their house and they got injured. They got, had to go into bankruptcy and they're on the street, but you get mad at them because, well, I don't like you being on the street cause it's messing up my life or whatever. But, and, and I'll latch on to what you said. All right. How have you done this to God when God gave his only son and you're walking around as though this doesn't exist and you don't care about it? Whoa. I've ignored God and God is right there. And oh my gosh, why did, and that's the thing is, is it, this isn't to overwhelm people, but just realize that you don't realize the depth of the things that you do in your life that, you know, affect other people, you know, for the good or for the bad. I mean, with where you're going into, like you're going into a big change in your life with being married. And I can sit there and say, well, Tori, you need, you and Zach need to do this and you need to do that. And but that's not going to do you any good until, well, you know what, Sean, Sean has been through this. I'm, let me come to Sean and ask him because I mean, because it's your marriage, it's not mine, you know, or whomever. And the only way to know what it's like to be married is you've got to be married or you've got to be a teacher or you've got to be a musician or an insurance person or whatever. So I just, this is just really speaking to me, even as I speak more that people and even us, there's so many things that you're going through, so many things you have in your life from your own programming that work on yourself and stop worrying about what other people are doing or why people aren't changing. And because it, it comes back to the scripture, but one of the ones that this is one of my big ones. If you do what is right, you will be accepted. If you're doing what is right, then there's no reason for a rise. There's no reason for frustration. Now, again, you're doing what is right. That is the truth of God, not what you think is right. But according to God, you know, you're doing what is right. There's no reason for frustration. There's no reason for anger other than godly anger, which we got to be very careful with what godly anger is to where that it really is for how it affects God, not ourselves. But, um, you know, who knows with these things, we may have another podcast where we'll get revelation on a different perspective of this and look through the word of God. And, you know, even think about this example that, or even, even as Yeshua's teachings on the way that he walked, that, you know, we don't see that he was frustrated. You know, the only time that I know of is that when he turned the tables, but that was because his father's house, which is a house of prayer was turned into a den of thieves and robbers. And I could see why that would be, hey, this isn't appropriate. But other than that, we don't have any account of him walking around frustrated with people or anything like that. You know, he was, but he told people matter of fact truth. So, yeah, make sure that you realize first that you have a log in your own eye and then realize that what you're seeing in somebody else is you. And that, uh, and I, I'll go with you, Tori, that have a challenge for the week that when you see somebody else, look at them as a mirror. And that's you. So if you start getting aggravated because somebody's, you know, really slow in front of you, all right, well, that's me. And then, all right, well, would I want to be tailgated? No, I'll back off. No, it'll be okay. But any thoughts? Not at this time. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what, this is, we've got a lot of good information. I think this is a good stopping point because like with anything, the, what y'all wants is that you take the information that you've heard, which is directly from them by mother, the Holy spirit, 
that you evaluate it and look into scripture and seek it with all your heart because you this is something that unless you're suppressing it and that's what you're doing is you can't get away from this that if you see something in somebody else you are doing it you have done it and there are times when you will see it in somebody else and it doesn't bother you and you just say well you know i've done that or, or i'm doing that and so this isn't that you necessarily get frustrated and aggravated every time you see something it just means that when that happens you know get away from pointing the finger at the other person you know and point it back at yourself but um just a reminder everybody we have a email address uh, which is hidden treasures with an s revealed at aol.com and we do have a facebook page which is hidden treasures revealed and we have some posts there um, occasionally and we'll put the podcast on their uh, links as well but uh, really today we've had quite a few people uh, listening in live we really appreciate that we really I hope and to encourage you with this that, um, you know, that you, if you haven't, that you start the journey of seeking with all your heart, because when you do that, you know, y'all will give you the proof. Y'all will give, will open your eyes to the understanding of uh, these things. And there was somebody actually that had attempted to call in. Um, our plan is to actually have in the future where we can actually take calls. We haven't got to that point yet. So, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, willing to call in and, you know, we could address questions, things like that as appropriate. But, um, if there are any questions or any comments or anything, we'd like to hear that because it helps us to learn and grow because we are not perfect in all of this. We are perfecting. So we, you know, would really like to hear from people. So just keep that in mind for the future. But um, we do have a podcast on Tuesday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Um, Eastern time. Uh, we're here on the East Coast. But Tori, it's really been awesome being with you here, having conversation. Is there any final remarks or anything you'd like to tell everybody or add just anything? challenging everybody um as well as myself and sean to look at the golden rule um throughout the next couple of days and just challenge yourself to find your frustrations well i can even tell you i'll share this before we go that i was because i told you that you know took it because i took yesterday off and i was like you know i'm gonna have a day off and i'll share this because those around me um you know or there's a teacher that actually lives beside me and, you know, she's in the county, so she had off and the family beside us, they go to the either city or county schools and, you know, that they were had a lady watching their house and stuff. And I was just like, you know, I've been working hard. Why can't I have a day off? And then I'll go through the because I've been a teacher in the past and well, I don't understand why do they get a week? And then I don't. And I was like, no, just that's not the profession. If I was there, I'd be entitled to a week. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this day off. And then my wife even said, well, why are you taking a day off? I was like, well. I really need it. But as I'm thinking about this now, it was, well, no, I'm going to, you get off, I'm going to take off. So even evaluating the log in my own eye, because I was like, well, I should be entitled. Wait a minute. No, I'm not entitled to this because I'm not in that profession. But yeah, it go and I'll get frustrated at people. Why don't you understand this? What do I not understand? You know, so yeah, it's just something I always be looking for. But we will stop there for the day. It's been a great conversation. And, um, you know, Tori, I'm, I'm sure you'll be on the podcast again, but it was nice to have you here. It's nice to have um, others here that not just me and Phil just keep rambling and talking and stuff like that. But it was good having you here. Well, everybody, you all, everybody have a good day. We appreciate you listening in. And until this coming Tuesday, Lord willing, uh, we'll talk to you later. Everybody have a good day. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. 
we want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.